baby, come on in here. Welcome to the cookout. <laughs> hey, cookout cousins. How you doing? Hey. I just have one question, y'all. Who made the potato salad? Is that the new girlfriend? Hey. <laughs> like, you remember the last time and last year's cookout girl? She definitely can't come. <laughs> you tried it. Hello, y'all. Welcome back to the cookout. I know you all have already listened to our trailer. We're so excited that you're here. You come on in the room. Come on. In the room, come on, girl. Come on, in the room. It's my part right here. The Jesus is your doctor, and he. Uh -huh. I hate talking. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. Look at him. He write out all the scriptures. All my scriptures, and he. Come on. Oh, wait, what else? Gives you all your medicine, girl. Wait, wait. Uh -huh. we, go to the break, we go to the breakdown part after that. Usually, we don't usually go to the oh, breakdown part, but I know it's a part oh, of the song. It's a little okay. cultural difference. That's all. I know, it's like, you know, okay. you know it's a part of the song. We, you know, we here. We here. Mm -hmm. I really wish y'all could have saw Ty's head where he leaned to the side. Listen. It looks very much like um, a different world when uh, when Whitley was uh, at the, what was she at the therapist? And they were like, relax, relax, release. It was like that. It looked like, it looked like she don't come for me. Don't come for uh, me. Like Missy Elliott with the guy. Don't come for you know her. Don't come for her. These are staple cultural moments in our in our history. I think they should be lifted. Okay. All right. We are our ancestors' wildest dreams. They got no deal with it. But you know, you just say a lot of words. <laughs> you say a lot of words. And usually it comes together. Was like, you know? When did Whitley become our ancestors? But all right, girl. I mean, all it takes is a little while, you know. It doesn't take a lot of time. But y'all, welcome back to the cookout. As I mentioned, I know you already listened to the teaser. If you haven't, you should listen to it, okay? Because it has a lot of good information about us and what we're going to be doing here. Woo, it's a lot going on. And I'm just going to warn y'all that we're probably going to be talking a lot about the election. There's so many pieces to unfold and to really look into. We are going to get good and ghetto, and we're going to get good and political, and we're going to have a good time, and that's all right. Okay. Y'all, how y'all feeling today? How you doing? How's your life? Um, <laughs> it's, ooh. Mm. Go ahead, Ty. Uh, Go ahead, Ty. I know, right? <laughs> mm. um, that's how I feel. I mean, I could go for some uh, unlimited mimosas right now. Yes, ma'am. That sounds I good. I could go for that right so, now. It's so oh, bottomless peach bellinis. Bellinis. Ooh, you know when I started Bellinis. drinking Bellinis after I watched Jump in the Broom, because you know I don't come from money or no type of experience. Oh, so a lot of I'm just saying, cinema was the way that I based what I how how bougie I should be. Wait, what's mm. Jump in the Broom? That's when Jump uh, in the Broom with Paula Patton. Uh -huh. It has um, uh, Loretta Devine, yeah, uh, Angela Bassett, and now yeah. it's on Netflix. So get into it. Okay. I, I think it's on Netflix. Get into it, but Netflix they had Bellini. <laughs> Excuse me, they had Bellinis at um, one of the little get-togethers, pre-get-togethers before the wedding. I was like, "Oh, Bellinis are so 
I'm classy. But then when I went out and people be like, do you want mimosa? Do you want bullying? I want a bulimi. And can you, um, yeah, because we, I'm bougie man out here. I can't. Now Zayn bringing bulimis to the cookout. Okay, girl. Bring some grandma on so we could drop some that in there too thanks <laughs> first okay. of all who's having bellinis and grand Marnier at a cookout can we talk about splash, crown. splash your crown okay splash your cr- I mean, oh listen now you know we're gonna have the crown there 100 percent. i cannot with y'all i will not mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. cannot mm-hmm. and will not mm-hmm. birds <laughs> own it okay own it whatever how you doing dr barbara you know i'm present and accounted for and some days mm-hmm. that is all you have blessed to still be in the number mm-hmm. you know for another chance to get it right absolutely uh and that's where i'm at that today. is that is very on brand for my intro i'm glad you stuck with the, the church vibe <laughs> uh-huh. very on brand we have to make sure that we remember to give you some time to talk about your doctoral experience mm-hmm. because i believe that people just want to know Mm. I was there and mm. I still want to know so I know that mm. they want to know so we're going to stick a pin in there it won't be today but we're coming back to it and when I say doctoral experience I mean both of them because you mm, here we go. I can't with you <laughs> we do this we do this I guess I should go ahead and go into who's invited huh yeah I want to know up. I want to know who's coming who's coming to okay y'all so as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the election in a bunch of different ways. I know that a lot of people are probably discussing the election and probably will be talking about it for quite a while because it was such a historical moment. It's it's a time that we will go back and reflect on. Um, I felt like the children of Israel when, when let my people go, my God, today. I really did. I was like, honey, his rod and his staff, he covers me. Okay. But no, um, it was a really, it was a really historic relate. Get your friend. Get your friend. Get she did it. Get your friend. Get your friend. Get your friend. All right. What? He is in the room. I'm not gonna start talking in in tongues. I'm not gonna call it fake tongues because I don't know how to. I don't know all tongues. I won't say it's fake, but I'm I'm not gonna hit the parlor on you and talk tongues. Because Hello. that's not naturally what God is giving me. And I truly believe that if God just, is not genuinely giving you the tongues, that maybe you shouldn't create your own. But I don't know uh, if she created uh, her own. It could uh, be, it could, uh, I don't, you know. Once we hit the bibbity bibbity bop. That's a big hit, that's a big hit, that's a big hit. Okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> with the culture. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Yeah, have y'all checked on her? Y'all up here talking about We're going to come back. We're going to come back to Paula. We're going to come back to Paula. I thought, a, I thought okay, because I, I thought a friend of a friend checked on her. You know how it goes. Who's sure. invited? Who is invited? invited. Number one. <laughs> number one, Miss Stacey Abrams. And I say them. Stacey Abrams and them. Because Period. the them is the rest of the Black women across the country, um, specifically in Georgia, but also there have been Black women in um, politics and voter registration and starting new organizations to be able to get people registered and informed about the election process, um, not just the presidential level, but also in their local leadership. And Stacey Abrams did what she had to do. I've been doing a lot of reading. And so I'm nervous that I'm gonna like 
say some wrong things. I know, Barbara, you keep up with a lot of these things. Feel free to add in some details as you see fit. But I do know for the last two years, Stacey Abrams has been on the ground going to rural counties, going to um, rural towns, getting people registered. Um, I also saw that it was mostly Black people, which that is true, but she also registered a lot of other people of different races, genders, ethnicities, all those sorts of things. Her motive and her drive was to get people registered, specifically in rural places, specifically in places where people are not informed about um, the election or the, the voting process, or quite frankly, people who just don't believe in that process, so they choose not to vote. And she did a lot of work. I mean, grassroots, she had a whole organization working with her. And the work that she did, along with um, Keisha Bottoms, along with a bunch of other people, um, names are escaping me, but there's a few heavy hitters in Georgia who were really doing some great work. And it's so amazing because the work that they did collectively as well as individually turned Georgia blue for the first time since 92. Okay, that shook, shook. When I first started hearing that Georgia may go blue and I'm just like, <clears throat> it's Georgia. Like, let's not get, let's not get out of, let's not get out of pocket. Let's, I, I believe we should be hopeful, but let's also be realistic. Like Georgia being blue, I don't see it happening. And slowly but surely that little red tent because if you remember, Trump told a lot of his supporters, um, the, the Republicans told a lot of their supporters to go to the polls the day of. You need to get in line, you need to vote that day. A lot of Democrats, they did the absentee ballot, they did mail-in ballots, they did early voting. And so a lot of those votes came a lot later. And so we were red and then we went blue and I was like, okay, take a shot off, sit right ahead like a like No, man. <laughs> That's North Carolina. That's North Carolina, but I, I, they're cousins, and I think that's okay. Okay. I think that's okay. They, say, they have the same mother and father, and both of them are mean. Uh, racism and oppression, ooh. and I think ooh. that it's okay. Ooh. I think it's okay. Okay. So they said, ooh, but they didn't say I was wrong. Noted, right? <laughs> Noted. So Stacey Abrams deserves all her flowers. She deserves all her things, and she's so humble, and she's so forward-thinking, and I love the way that she navigates um, the system of leadership and the way she informs her community and the people around her. Right now, she has a video up on her page where she's talking about um, giving the people around her their flowers. Like, it wasn't just me. I know I'm the face, but like, there's a whole team of people who work together to be able to make this happen. And she's like, while you're here, we have another election coming up in January. Get your boots and get your coat, okay? We got things to do. So she's talking about what's happening next, the next election, we need to make sure that local leadership is in line and doing what it needs, what it needs to do. And so I love that energy. I love all that. So Stacey Abrams, oh my God, you are amazing. Okay, as a brown skinned woman, as a plus size woman, as a woman who previously lost and then came back and got vindicated, you know, in a certain kind of light, right? She didn't, she didn't really need to be vindicated, but she came back in a certain type of light and was like, you know what? This is truly my life's work. And so this is what I do. Love it. And it was long real quick, but just yeah, to go tag ahead. on to what you said, super, super, super important is that in Georgia, uh, you all have five runoff elections coming up for Senate seats. And like, yes, we do. wow, that is powerful, right? It's not enough for us to have the White House. 
we need the Senate, <laughs> we need the House of Representatives, right? We wanna be able to affect change and not be stalled. And so the same energy we kept for this election on the national level, we need to keep it for those Senate races so y'all can flip the Senate blue. So just tagging on, cause that's what Stacey's talking about now. It's like, yes, I'm happy that my work got us to here, but y'all, we still have some pushing and some fighting to do. So do not lose steam. And so just mad respect to Stacey, mad respect. Absolutely, absolutely. She did her thing for real. Um, who else is invited to the cookout? I've already alluded to this, but Georgia Dems, I saw this tweet and it was also on Instagram and I thought it was hilarious. Georgia slapped them ballots like a draw four and they said the color's blue. And I said, yeah, my God today. Okay, my God today. <laughs> and it is, and it is. So, baby, I just, I will never get over that. Georgia is blue for the first time since 92. And so many things have taken place since that point in 92. So the fact that this year they were like, you know what? We about to go blue. We finna make sure that our votes are gonna be counted and they're gonna be heard. And I couldn't even imagine that for Tennessee, truly. Tennessee, I know, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later. I'm, I'm not even going to say anything about it because I was going to give some stuff away, but I'm going to let Ty have her time because I know she's going to talk about it. But Tennessee be on that plane, okay? The Memphis, the Chattanooga, Nashville people be playing, okay? But I really wish that we had had somebody who could stand up and really get into those rural towns, really get people registered because I know that a lot of black areas of older people, a lot of young people did not vote and did not exercise their right. And I just cannot imagine what the voting outcome would have looked like if we had had more grassroots organizations, more people in leadership, more people who were really passionate about getting people registered to vote. But I will say them Georgia Dems, baby. And last but not least, I'm almost forgetting them PA Dems. Okay, I voted in PA this year, and I'm gonna tell everybody that I helped make history, and that's my business. Okay, period. I period. Lord, I believe that the Lord specifically placed me. Ha ha. Okay, it's Sunday, y'all. I'm feeling real churchy, but I believe <laughs> that I made history by voting as a Democrat in Pennsylvania, um, and the fact that Pennsylvania also flipped that is amazing. Pittsburgh, Philly, there's some other counties up in there. Listen, they pulled up and applied pressure, pressure, okay? And I have nothing but gratitude. It shows that what we can do when we put our minds to it and we're able to have access and we're able to use the resources that all Americans should have, all the opportunities that all Americans should have, when we are able to exercise our right and use our voice, we are powerful. And I really hope that this this has shown a lot of people who say your voice doesn't matter your vote doesn't matter they still gonna do what they want to do it's still gonna be whatever whatever i hope that they have turned their thoughts around to at least being open to continue to exercise their right there's so many first-time voters um within this race and i'm like you know what i love it even though obama didn't make you want to vote and i'm glad you voted for kamala and, and biden I'm, I'm gonna give you a time okay here we are ty who is uninvited who cannot come but shout yes, out to those to who can. Shout out to those who can come. Um, I'm gonna want for the George Dems. I'm gonna need y'all to go ahead and bring the peach crown to the cookout. Um, <laughs> oh, the peach crown. Bring the peach crown to the cookout. 
Uh, I, you know what? I might try Stacey out on some mac and cheese. We, mm, I'm going to see what she can do. I'm going to see what she can True. do. But it's who can't show up. And I'm going to have my cousin situated at the front door to make sure they don't get in. Period. First, all, oh, I'm not going to say everybody. Hmm. All these, these rappers, these black rappers who stood up and supported Trump and were in all the photo ops and everything else, hear me, don't show up. Here's why I don't want you to show up. I don't want it to be said that I think that people should be silenced. A person's vote is their vote. Their opinion matters. We all know that's not true in real life, but whatever. Their opinion matters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I want to, like, let's look at the history of some of these rappers and where you come from. See, when you come to the cookout, the cookout is just not a mixture of elites, right? The cookout is not the people who sit in that same 1% or 5% tax bracket with you. The cookout are the family members who are still doing the hard work, the day-to-day -day work, while you live living a different type of life than you. The cookout is for people who, you know, some are living paycheck to paycheck, some are worried and concerned about some things. Amen, Pastor. So when we vote and you have a certain status in life, I feel it's still our responsibility to kind of understand where we came from and how we can help our people. Talk about it. But they don't do that. See, I don't... I don't understand. Again, if you are Republican, that's something different. There's some rubs, but that's something different. I even understand that for some, you know, these presidents are for the wealthy. And I get that. But you are supporting someone who has had an entire platform filled with hate. Like, it, it hasn't changed. It has not changed. He has had no promise. Uh, uh, just don't come. You're dumb. You're stupid. Don't show up. I don't have the patience. I just, <laughs> I, just I ain't got no more words. I don't have any more nice words. You can get one, two, three. I, these are all the ones I have left. Which one? I can't. I can't. These are your um, options. And I'm also need all them folks, Kanye, and all the folks who voted for him, Zayna, Zayna, Kanye, Zayna. girl, Zayna, <laughs> Kanye. He received the most votes in Tennessee. I he know. received. 10,188 votes in Tennessee. Uh, Ty, I have a response for that. Are you ready? You ready? I'm ready. I know Memphis when I see it. I know, <laughs> I know Chattanooga when I see it. I think in Memphis, he got 1,600 votes. I think in Nashville, he got more of the votes. I know Nashville when I see it. They play. Oh, yeah. They think what? everything is a joke. You think what? it's funny? Absolutely. No. Baby. no. Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And honestly, it, it, it was, I giggled a little only because I was like, I feel like I should laugh at this, but this is not funny to me. Like this is, this has proven to be a historical election and you threw your vote away thinking it didn't matter. And it actually did, right? But Those votes could have made a difference. I don't know the, the, the I'm still learning. The like percentage, the but. Okay. But it could have made a higher percentage for someone who was actually running for president, not just Joe, not just Trump, someone who was actually running for president running. in all 50 states, right? Hey, thank you. You threw your vote away for no reason. For Kanye, a person who has proven to be unstable, and as a person myself who deals with mental health issues, <laughs> you need to get some help, <laughs> honey, because all the people living in our heads, they don't always get along. You need to figure that out. And as I said, as a person who deals with it, I'm right here with you. We're going to have to talk to the people in our head and they have to calm down. Okay? 
Listen, <laughs> they knew better than that. And I was very disappointed. I truly was disappointed. I was disappointed that, that Tennessee was so red. But I also was just more disappointed that they chose to throw their vote away for Kanye, a person who was not on the ballot in all 50 states, a person right. who was not seriously campaigning or seriously trying to be the president of the United States. Do you Can you imagine Kim Kardashian being the first lady? We've been talking about Melania all these years, and we got Kim K in the White House. Oh, it's going down for real, then. Nah, ma'am. Make it make make sense. (laughs) Nah, ma'am. It's going down for real. (laughs) Nah, ma'am. I'm just saying. I'm done. I'm done, because I will keep going. (laughs) But yes, those folks, please don't come. Please don't show don't up. Even don't even block. think about okay, it. Okay, are we making them no. to go to go plates? Like, can they grandmama put They can't. Some, uh, no, don't come on the block. And Please some. don't come on the block. I think they so should they, go no. to another festivity. They can't even get a little corn, like some cornbread. And no. And I ain't gonna let nobody fix them no place either. I'm slapping it out your hand on site. So Ooh. I think we should love them from a distance. And I think loving them from a distance means here's a couple of recommendations of some really great restaurants that I know in town. <laughs> and I know they usually have deals, but you don't really need the deal because you're rich, right? So here are some really great places. Explore, mm-hmm. you know, explore. If we're in Georgia, explore Atlanta. I'm sure you know, you know some other folks. You, you, your daughter and your baby mama live there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you yeah. should go visit Wayne. It'd be a great opportunity. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. They just not coming I... to our cookout. Correct. I want them to be well. I want them, for me, I want them to be well. I want them to be healthy. I want them to be happy. But I also want them to see the error in their their judgment and in their ways and the impact that they had on the community that they come from. Luane is from Louisiana, bro. You're from New Orleans. I can't make sense of it. I can't. What's the TikTok song? Darling, I don't wish you well. Something, you know me, I I wish you hell or something like that. I don't know. You the TikTok queen, girl. I wouldn't even know. You better than me, Santa, because I ain't wishing no wellness on none of them. Ooh, this is the life that you chose. You can't oh, delight. The Sunday. Lord is still working on me. The Lord, I got to church on Saturdays. The Lord no. is still working on me. <laughs> this is the this is the last thing, and we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on to cookout conversation. Look, you, I understand. I understand wanting to hold on to that, but one thing Ooh. this year God has taught me, and He's continuing to teach me, is that you cannot delight in people's demise. Because that same demise can be up on you the next year. You just cannot delight in people's demise. If for no other reason to protect yourself. One of my favorite scriptures, bless those that curse you or pray for those that mistreat you. And for the black community, that is our song and that is our story. Over and over and over again, we are constantly asking for heal. Not just the people who have power in the system, but people who look like us, which it hurts different. And I understand that. I really do. But honey, don't let him take you down with him. You have a pure heart, honey, because we need all our blessings. We do need all our blessings. You're right. You're right. All right. Um. All right. Let's 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 get into the the actual conversation, though. What are we talking about at the cookout today? <sighs> okay, y'all. We got a lot going on at the spades table, and we have to get into it. So I hope y'all are ready for this ride. Okay, the first thing I want us to talk about are white and black evangelicals and their um, prayers for the occupant uh, to hold the White House hostage. So let's talk about that. Like, what are y'all's thoughts (laughs) on this concept? (laughs) Yeah. So we just gonna bypass the whole the White House hostage? That's what we were gonna bypass. Cause I mean, I mean, 
I mean, he is. Do it. He is. Okay. All right. So, what are your thoughts on this idea of religion before race? What What does it mean to you when someone says religion before race? That, that sounds like I don't see color. It, it sounds like it sounds like religion is being used as a covering. It gives you the excuse to not intellectually think in which God gave you that brain and gave you that capacity, right? Um, it gives you an excuse to pretend like there weren't different races of people and ethnicities of people in the Bible for which we use as our foundation in the, Christ- in the Christian religion, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a scapegoat to be able to, to get away from being held accountable, right? I I think it does everybody who is in that congregation, if you are a leader, a disservice. And that blood is on your hands because you are leading them astray to believe that their race doesn't matter. It's in the Bible many times where people are identified by their ethnicity, by their race. And it talks about the impact of what life looks like as they are walking through life. So like, don't tell, how can you understand that, but you don't understand this? That's a choice. You just, you've decided to do that. And it's one thing for you to think that on your own. It's a whole nother thing for you to be a pastor, a uh, evangelist, somebody in leadership who is, who is in charge and responsible for guiding souls to communicate that rhetoric. Because not only will you be held accountable for you, you'll be held accountable for them. That's a lot on you. That's a lot. And that's Bible. Okay. Shout out to my daddy for teaching me things. Okay. Come on, talk about it. That's Bible, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when I think about religion before race, I think it's a scapegoat to not really think about the issues that are in front of us and to use God as just like, oh, well, God will do this. Or we're, we're all God's people. I don't see color. No, no, that's not enough. That's not enough. I hear that. I hear that. Ty, what are your thoughts? What does religion before race mean to you? It means that you're invalidating my experience in this world, all for the sake of saying that we believe in the same God and Jesus. And that's not it. It means that you have, you are willfully ignoring something. Um, for I guess what you may believe is a a greater good, but I I don't even see that because at some point you have to know that that's not what it is. Like I I think people who who do that, especially these these major evangelicals who do that, you you know what it is. You know what it is, it's just, let's just call it what it is. You're using your religion before race uh, rhetoric to cover your own racism. Mm. That's what it is to me. I would even add, and that's good. Let's take a pause because that's good. That's really good. And let's not forget our history specifically in this country where slaveholders and slave masters and people who owned other people, because that's exactly what slavery is, used Christianity and religion and the Bible to hold people in bondage against their will. For years, for years, for generations, and slept well at night, and, and thought I'm, that they should gotta. 
and thought that they should get a pat on the back for allowing them to eat, for allowing their families to stay together, for allowing them to see a doctor, for allowing them to be able to have a little money in their pocket that they can't use no goddamn where because they can't leave the goddamn plantation. That's crazy to me. And you go Mm -hmm. to sleep at night thinking that you are following God's will because the Bible says that you should have ownership over your property and do X, Y, and Z. He talking about wagons, bro. He talking about people. And if he is, it's Old Testament. We're going we gonna to use that. We're going to look at that very <laughs> the New Testament. What were you about to say, girl? This made me so mad. <laughs> no, I was going to say, I'm glad you brought that up because this country specifically has a history of using religion to oppress. And so it's always interesting to me when Black evangelicals adopt the same narrative of white evangelicals, and there is no critical conversation about how race plays a role in religion. And people much smarter than me, as y'all know, always say, not my field, not my area, but I love to learn and I love to read. Um, People much smarter than me should be having a conversation of the role race plays when it comes to religion and religious practices. And I want to shift this a bit away from the concept of religion before race, because that's the narrative I've heard spewed for all of the Black evangelicals that I'm friends with on social media who supported Trump. I also want us to talk about why their view is that a vote for the Biden-Harris administration was a vote for waywardness or was a vote for the devil, (laughs) or was a vote for normalizing sin. And this idea in the Black church specifically that cis-heteronormative sin is somehow different or superior to any other kind of sin where it's not talked about, it's not criticized, it's not mainstream conversation, but the moment someone is gay, the moment someone has an abortion, the moment someone does any of the things that doesn't fall under this cis-heteronormative sin, Mm -hmm. that is what we need to unpack in the Mm -hmm. Black church. So I really want Mm -hmm. y'all's perspective on that, especially as people in higher ed who have a lot of uh, training with critical race theory. I'll be honest, I don't even know if I have the capacity to really shine a good light on this. Maybe Ty could. I'm I'm at this point, I'm just seeing what comes to my brain. And it may sound really great and it may be like, man, what are you talking about? I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about how we as black people, especially those who are religious because I use the words religious and spirituality not interchangeably I think those are different things and I made an active choice a few years ago to make sure that I was living a spiritual life or I was aiming to live a spiritual life and a spiritual experience um, when it comes to God and my relationship with the higher power um, I think Donald Lawrence has a song um, with someone, I can't remember the female singer name, but it's pretty much called spiritual. Like, let me live spiritually. Let me think about things in a spiritual way. Let me experience my relationships and friendships in a spiritual way. The song slaps. Okay, you should really It's actually it pretty amazing. Yes, it is. <laughs> it speaks. It speaks. And it's so real. But I brought that up because I think that people use religion and they use black people have only had religion for a long time in this country that has been our what I say our rod and our stab that has been 
all we've really been able to hold on to knowing that your everyday walk of life is full of racism and uh, trauma and murder and, and lack and, and all these different things. You had to live that life, not just for your life, but for generations. Each generation is experiencing um, deep trauma. All you have is what's, what, what some uh, uh, hotep say, the white man's God. That's all you had left, right? That's all you had to rely on. I don't believe that, but they say that. <laughs> um, but I, we are still people. And I think we as people pick and choose what, what we want to follow. We pick and choose what feels comfortable. We sweep around somebody else's porch before we think about what's on ours. And when somebody points out what's on ours, we tell them that, no, yours is still worse. The Bible says this about yours. Okay, but the Bible says something about yours too. We don't spend enough time being reflective. We don't spend enough time thinking of ourselves. And I think, I think because we as Black people have experienced so much trauma that in a way we internalize it to mean that we have the right to call other people out and other people don't need to call us out. And I think that that falls under a myriad of different topics. And, and I think that there's not necessarily truth in that, but it's uh, I definitely understand what that looks like because when you've lived a life of racism and oppression and you haven't had the opportunities that other people have. And in, in, and in that experience, people are constantly telling you that you're crazy and that's not a thing. That plays with your psyche. So it's kind of like every time we get a win or every time we feel confident in something or every time we feel like we have something, we hold on to it for dear life. But in our holding on to it for dear life, we don't, have the, we don't often give ourselves and other people the opportunity to live a human experience, which is, which is within... Um, fault, which has sin, which is redemption. When I was younger, the only, the, my pastor told me something and I'll let somebody else talk because I know I'm getting long-winded. But when I was younger, my pastor told me something that I never forgot. And he said, the only difference between us as Christians and other folks who don't believe in the faith or maybe haven't accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior is that we understand that we within sin and that we have flaws and we know that we can't save ourselves. That is the only difference. And I think more people need to think about that because that doesn't make you better than anybody else. The only difference is that you have an understanding that Jesus is the person who is saving you or God is the person who is saving you. Black people need to do better about reflection. And I think there's a conglomerate of things that go into that because when you navigate oppression with racism and all these other things, I think we need therapy. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Truly. I, to I unpack all of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love how you brought up the oppressed people. And I really want to get Ty's perspective on this because I know that oppressed people, in a way, oppress other people. Right. Mm -hmm. And whether whether we get something from that, whether we get a kick out of it, I don't know how to unpack that. But I definitely know that there is this othering that occurs, especially in the black church. And I'm emphasizing the black church because that's my experience. And a lot of you all's experience is in the black church. And it's so interesting to me. I've been a member of churches where pastors are committing adultery, where deacons are stealing 
where there's so much fornication and all these other things are taking place, but every other Sunday you up there talking about gay people. And I just found that so disheartening that that is the only message you have to tell your congregation is homosexuality is a sin. When you got two people pregnant in the choir, Pastor, can we unpack that? Can we talk about that? Pastor John Gray, he comes to mind, right? The amount of times he's publicly humiliated his wife, he's cheated on her. I mean, at this point, publicly five times. Privately, I mean, heck, we don't even know. And each time it's the devil made him do it or, you know, he's just a man and he felt he fell to his, you know, what it's, it's just like, okay, where's the black church and his dragging, right? Where's the community in like holding him accountable? Yet when the occupant is the topic of the conversation, it's, oh, y'all gonna vote for Biden because y'all believe in abortion. Y'all gonna vote for Biden because you want the world to be wayward. But y'all are paying tithes into churches full of men who are wayward and haven't held them accountable yet. So Ty, really give us your perspective when we're thinking about this cis-heteronormative sin and why it's viewed differently. Um, so that is gonna be a little difficult for me. I'll say that. And it's gonna be difficult because this is this has been my experience with the church. Um, Zane, I don't know if you know this, we might've had this conversation a few times. I know Barbara and I have, what my relationship has been like with church as a whole. Um, so me, Growing up in a certain type of church, me coming out as lesbian, um, bisexual, uh, and then what that's looked like, right? Or just even me growing up, oh, you're fast, you're this, you're that, but I'm looking at all the things that you all are doing, and you're supposed to be of the Lord. Um, so it's hard, because when I, when I hear stories like this, I feel that, I feel those feelings, I feel that being triggered, like, all over again, and it's just like, how how dare you how dare you and i and going back and thinking where my frustration comes from is that it's the disappointment and it's the belief that i thought better of you so even when it comes to john gray now again i'm real critical of pastors if i can't understand you if i think that you're just yelling at me i won't listen to you right john gray was a pastor that i like i enjoyed listening to like he had a good dialogue he explained the word in a way that i got it and we should not do this as a therapist i know this but for me if you are saying that you are a pastor you are standing on the word of god this that is what's guiding your life for me so you are you're christian you should be exhibiting what it is to be like to be christ like yes you will make mistakes but um adultery is a pretty big mistake adultery multiple times is a choice that ain't a mistake. Um, and so how dare you? How dare you not hold yourself accountable and then not want others to hold you accountable and you want to pass this on? Because to me, that hits me on so many different levels. Like you as a pastor, you as a Black man, like a man, you are unwilling. You can't be there. TV, I, I, I don't, it doesn't, it does not sit well with me. It also tells me that if I were their therapist, there are so many that you have not had to be held accountable for in life. You don't know how to be. You can't sit with the discomfort of knowing that you've disappointed someone and you can't just smooth it over. A car ain't gonna fix this one. Some money, is not gonna fix that, right? It's, it's there. Um, and so that's what I think happens. I think these are people who, while we may not know this, over time they've built into this pattern they've never been held accountable 
They've never been held accountable. They've never been forced to really sit and live with those experiences. Because think about it. The last time we knew about John Gray cheating on his wife, she was standing right up there next to him, right? Oh, I prayed yes, I had to get that devil off of her. The, mm -hmm. That devil was in that woman and all of this. Mm -hmm. Ma'am. Can we also so, just, I just, we kind of deep dive into it, just a little taste. <clears throat> I feel like people are thinking about it. At least I'm sitting here thinking about it. The double standard that even comes, if we look further, the double standard that comes with um, men in leadership within the church versus women in leadership within the church. Because I guarantee you, if this was a woman who had done this to her husband, she'd be wearing a scarlet her, letter. They would have drug her in the street. Listen, she would have never been able to preach again. Ever, she would never, never been again. able to show her face in church again. She nope, probably would have to leave the damn country. Truly, name the all that, in the community. And the fact that he has been given multiple opportunities and the opportunities that in my opinion that he's been given is grace because there's not a lot of people there's people talking about it but it's like oh john gray cheated again okay here you go he back cheating again whatever that's that's that's, that's the it. most that i've seen that's, <laughs> that's the most it. that i've seen oh that's how we expected him or like whatever whatever and it's like who if it had been a woman who had done this to her husband and they had children, they would have called her a bad mother, a bad wife. They would have called her Satan. They would have said that she was everything other than Rebecca, honey. They would have called her everything. And that double standard within society also shows up 10 times worse. I truly believe in the church. 10 times worse in the church. In the church and bringing us back to this election. And, and I, I wanted us to talk about Pastor John Gray just as an example of areas where cis heteronormative sin is not held to the mantle, right? But then they wanna bring up things like abortion. They wanna bring up things um, like the, the Christian faith and being able to practice their faith without persecution. And I could never understand this relationship between, or this association they have with the Republican Party and Christian freedom, right? Because Christianity and spirituality exists outside of the bounds of political affiliation. And, and your ability to practice, be in practice in whatever religion you subscribe to, it will not change based on who is in office. It won't. At least it shouldn't. If you believe that your God, whoever your God is, is supreme, right? The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the all-knowing, the almighty, none of that, no, no election is able to rid your God of that title. And so where is this association with the Republican Party or the Democratic Party for that matter and your freedom to practice religion? I, 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 I'm struggling. I, I sent... I don't know if y'all looked at your phones, but I want y'all to look at some of the um, things I just texted y'all because my I have blood this, pressure just rose. <laughs> I read have, it. It just it I just have this this one black evangelical. We went to undergrad together, and he's been all over Facebook. I mean, posting prayers and like y'all don't get too excited because you know God is really working and something's really gonna turn around. And I'm like reading through these posts, really trying to understand because y'all know. I'm the type of person who can objectively understand things from multiple points of view. I pride myself on that. Mm -hmm. So I really mm -hmm. wanted to understand why he was so pro-occupant. Okay, the occupant. And I'm reading these posts and he's talking about religious persecution. And he's talking about his religious freedoms being snatched. And, and y'all are voting for this a wayward country and in support of all these wayward sins. And, and y'all want 
to remove God out of everything. And I'm just, I'm struggling to find where that's apparent in the Democratic Party. That it's not I'm just trying to figure out where it's God and it's man. I, sis, sis, I'm trying to tell y'all. I've been sitting with this and I, as a spiritual person, as an intellectual person, as someone who follows politics very closely, I'm just very, very puzzled at where, where this, I'll even take it a step further, y'all. Y'all know I'm Nigerian. And there is a large amount of Nigerian people who support the occupant. And yes. I'm flabbergasted by it. I, I'm fl- I don't know another way to say Sorry. it. I'm flabbergasted. They do this willingly. They aren't being oppressed. They aren't being forced into this. There are no guns held to It's them. a choice. Willingly. So if they wanted to come to the United States at one time to leave, the same man who wants to change. Okay. Well, I think that that comes from, and this is not me coming for anybody's intelligence or anything. I'm just speaking from what I see. I think a lot of times when, I think when, when people talk about the border, I think a lot of people instantly think about South America. They think about uh, Mexican, Hispanic, Latina, Latinx folks. And I think that sometimes in the mind, it, it may get twisted like, oh, he doesn't mean me because we, we've done X, Y, and Z, or we've had this relationship, or our country has done this, whatever. And I think that they think, well, that's a them problem. I don't know if that would happen to me. Or there's this process, and I know other people have done this process, and this is just kind of how it goes. I don't know because I haven't had this conversation, but I just know that me personally, when I think about border and all these different things, I definitely think about the children and the families that are in um, at the border now. So right. I think that that's one thing. I, I can't make sense of it either. Uh, the only thing that I can think about that may make sense is I think that, um, so if you go back and look at the timeline, we had Obama for two terms and, you know, during that time, there's a lot of white people that were like, well, I voted for Obama. So I guess that made them not racist anymore. I don't know. Um, and so I'm just, um, I don't know, but it's like you voted for Obama, then you turn around and voted for Trump. So like, what the fuck? So, um, <laughs> I voted for, you know, we had Obama for two terms and then we turned around and had 45. And in that time, of course, you all know that he emboldened a lot of racist folks. He, um, he, uh, gave them a lot of energy and helped them to feel way more confident in some of their problematic rhetoric as well as in their actions. And so I think now coming to Biden, who is very reminiscent of Obama, I think it's hard to flip from one to the other after the impact has already happened. And I think that in the time that he's spent in office and he's, he's given them all this power and all this stand back and stand by and all these other things, I think a lot of people are having a hard time trying to go back to the good old days where, you know, Obama's talking about, yes, we can, and we can do this, and we can do that. I don't know if this answers the specific, the population of Nigerian folks who are support of the um, occupant, but I definitely think that a lot of people within this country definitely are not flipping like Georgia did. They're not flipping, because they've, they've had too much energy. They've had, uh, they've, they've seen what it tastes like to have power and have somebody in leadership who agrees with their racism and agrees with their oppression. And so the fact that Joe Biden and Kamala are coming in talking about, you know, we can do this and we're going to do that and whatever. You got old people crying because they can keep their Medicare 
and they they were terrified that they were going to lose their social security. And so he's giving these people all this hope, but there's still a population of people who are like, oh, I've already, I've tasted the honey and I'm not letting it go. And they want to continue on that train. So I don't know if that answers anything of what you're talking about, but it's definitely been something that's on my mind. I definitely think that is something important to also note. So thank you for bringing it up. I just want to know what scripture they're reading. Like, where's the disconnect? What Bible, <laughs> what Bible are you reading that I haven't been privy to? Because perhaps there is something I'm truly missing in this discussion piece of the same God I thought had a heart for the disenfranchised, a heart for the poor, a heart for the homeless, a heart for the wayward, a heart for the murderers, for the gamblers, for the cheaters, for the liars. The same God, or Jesus rather, who walked with these men, served with these men, Mm -hmm. healed these men and women. I don't understand the God that y'all are referencing in this religion before race. I I don't, I didn't see a God or a Jesus or a spirit for that matter, even in scripture that didn't acknowledge the injustices certain groups of people experienced. I mean, you see that theme throughout scripture. And, and so that's the part that is, is so kind of, like I said, I'm flabbergasted because I don't understand it. And just kind of transitioning us to kind of the next <laughs> big thing I want to talk about is Paula White, okay? And I have, I have a few issues here, right? So Paula White, for those who don't know, she is the occupant spiritual advisor. Um, she is what a lot of people refer to as a pulpit pimp. Um, and she's somebody who has been, uh, what's the way to put it, uh, put on by the likes of like T.D. Jakes and other well-known pastors with mega churches and huge platforms. And so she went viral when she was doing her prayer, calling on the angels from Africa to uh, turn this election around. And I just found it so very fascinating. So very fascinating. One, that she was referring to the angels from Africa because like, girl, wait, <laughs> I think Lecrae- And why them? Why? Why? <laughs> from Europe? Why? I, thought, okay. I thought that she knew things that I didn't know. As someone who was in leadership, <laughs> okay. I thought right. that she knew okay. things that I didn't know. I thought maybe that she had a certain number to the call center because, you know, no. we pray goes to the call center, right? <laughs> right. And like right. certain angels. So maybe like Africa has certain like call center angels. Call that, angels. You know, what I, did, I didn't know she knew something that I didn't know. Maybe she was <laughs> And I think Lecrae had the perfect response. Like, yeah, girl, them angels were coming, but they got held about the border and locked up. Okay? <laughs> because like, wait, wait, are you talking about Paula? But, but not even really about that prayer. Cause we've all seen it. We all thought it was ridiculous. Um, she has had similar prayers and I sent y'all an article and you don't have time to read it all, but just she's had similar prayer calling for the miscarriage or the death she calls them of like devil children or people who are being born to do the the devil's work. T.D. Jakes has also had similar prayers like that. And these are people who are anti-abortion, right? These are people who are so pro-life that they don't believe in abortion. They don't believe in this. They don't believe in that. And hearing people like that call for the death of children who they claim are here to do the devil's bidding is so wild to me. These are the same white and black evangelicals that y'all are following, right? That are in agreement with 
let's turn this election around and you know whatever whatever and so i just wanted y'all's perspective on that on paula white on on calling for the death of children that are doing the devil's work according to you and and how that's not in conflict with being pro-life um so go ahead ty (laughs) well what i was gonna say is it's so funny because in reading that article when she finally did respond she cleaned it up really nicely right and so like you know how people say they are pregnant with purpose i mean death to those plans death to that um so she did clean up real nicely i as what comes to mind for me i think the most that i can communicate it right now in this in this moment is that i have to sit with it but we we are fine with things when it serves us a purpose but you know again i need to to sit with it and like i said she gave a really good plausible cleanup answer but also none of it sits well with my spirit so that that, that's for a reason so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my feedback y'all can't see me but my eyes are closed i'm trying to see what they see because i'm confused i'm trying (laughs) to see see if the big screen in my head and turn to the right channel um Mm -hmm. What I'm trying, what I have a hard time wrapping my head around is people in religious leadership, especially when you get to the mega church level, who aren't doing mega church things. At least the thing I don't know about. I haven't deep dived, so maybe they are doing mega church things. When I say mega church things, I I think that when God bless you to be able to have a platform that large you should be able to be doing some really really good work in the community and it should be widespread I that's my caveat to say or that's my precursor to say you're worried about abortion you're pro-life I would love for the babies to stay alive as well I would love that if you had any type of intellection you would go past that, right? So like, we want the baby to stay alive. Why are people getting abortions? Who is getting abortions? When? What is the cause? And if you go back enough, you would see that racism, oppression, lack of resources, socioeconomic status, uh, violence, right? And then if you look forward, you would see a lot of these people who wanted to get abortions and maybe didn't go through it for whatever reason, their children are 15, 16, 17 years old and they're being shot in the street. So maybe they got the abortion for whatever. You know, there's a, a myriad of things. So I, I, I'm struggling with the lack of um, intellectual processing. You, you, you want to do mm-hmm. this right here, but you're not looking at before or after. Mm-hmm. And then to add insult to injury, you want to call the death because that's what she did. You want to call the death of children. The, you want to call the death of children to people who, who you say that you are pro-life. So I'm, I'm, I'm confused on what you, what, what's your prayer? Here's the cherry on top. What God are you serving that's going to answer that? Thank you. Who, who are you talking to? Because the God that I serve, is a God that would turn nothing into something. 
He will turn an unmarried woman who is pregnant. That child will be the freaking president of the United States. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? God has done that over and over again. Does he have a way that we want to live our life? Absolutely. Does he know we be fooling and we're going to be doing what we want to do and we're going to have to have grace and mercy and he's going to have to lean on some faith? Absolutely. He already knows the end. He's already gone before us and he knows how the story is going to end. You, as the person who's supposed to carry the message, are fumbling. And I would not like to be behind you in the line of heaven. Okay. When the floor drop, I'm okay. trying to still be standing firm, okay? Okay, okay. I'm going to pray for these people. I'm going to pray for these people in a real way. Because this is alarming. This is absolutely alarming that you have this mega platform and you are preaching this rhetoric that is highly, highly problematic. And in my mind has no basis. But it's encouraged. It is encouraged through and through, through the giving, through their sponsors. It is encouraged. My last point, Paula. I keep wanting to call her Paula Payton because I like Paula Payton, but this is Paula White. She has bit off of black evangels, uh, 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 black women, the, the way that she speaks, the way that she carries herself, her trying to just immediately jump into tongues, her glasses about to be on her teeth. All of that is black folk. First of all, all of that is black folk. Zaina is black. I don't care. It's black. And Zaina. the fact that she's on that stage spitting that mess. And she's biting off of black women, black women who deserve the same opportunity to be able to have a platform like that, who's actually speaking the word, who's actually saving souls, who's actually, who is actually in the right place, pisses me off further. Because you got that spot because you're a white woman. And to add insult to injury, you up there fooling. And there are so many black women in leadership in these churches who are asked to sit down, who don't get the same opportunity, who don't get the same pay as men out here acting a fool. It makes me so mad because those are souls that are being lost. Those are souls that are being thrown away that don't have to be. I don't want to be behind these people in the line. I, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm about to, uh, I learned the new term today, then the cultural appropriation of religion. Come on. Got it. Got Come it. on. She said the glasses all the way on her oh, teeth. Listen, you know y'all have seen it when they get to dancing and joking. Is, is it black or not? <laughs> I mean, is it black I, or not? I, I hear you, sis. The, I just wasn't prepared. The I glasses, prepared. the bob, the, the way that she talks. Not the, the bob. That, yes, yes, the way that she's holding, you know, the way that uh -huh. she's holding herself, the way uh -huh. that the shaking, all of that. People yeah. overlook stuff like that. Yeah. But when you are a part of that culture, you know what it looks like. And that is mm -hmm. Black women. That is the black church. Mm -hmm. And but, people who don't know can get away with it. I'm just like, not only are you speaking bad rhetoric, in, improper rhetoric, you are being culturally appropriative. Come on, girl. Are you serious? But but in in line with that, Zaina, and thank you for your passion, because like Ty said, so we loud. don't I'm really sorry. talk. No, you're fine. We don't really talk about what cultural appropriation looks like in the church. But mm. there are black men and women who support Paula White, who mm -hmm. amplify her platform, who who mentor and teach and advise. And so when I say this issue with the black church runs deep, and y'all, we're probably gonna have 
an entire other episode to because there's just so much to talk about when it comes to the black church the way us as black people practice religion or spirituality and the way it has run amok and caused destruction in our communities and i'm as spiritual as they come and can objectively say there is a lot of aspects of Christianity that is super problematic in the ways that we practice it and enforce it. And this is just one of the ways it showed up this election cycle. You know, seeing the amount of heartbroken people that the occupant is leaving the White House is so disheartening. Um, and, and you all justifying it with this religion before race rhetoric is just, it's just so ahistoric. It's just so, I mean, blatantly ignorant. Uh, to, to the religion you profess to support. Um, so thank y'all for, for talking about that with me. I want to transition us to a somewhat lighter stance, maybe possibly a little bit. Uh, but Dave Chappelle, y'all, last night hosted Saturday Night Live. And when I say he gathered me, he gathered me. Now, me and Dave Chappelle have a love-hate relationship. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, okay? There are a lot of times while I think he is hilarious and I think he is truly gifted that he walks lines for me that is uncomfortable. Um, in particular, he had this Netflix uh, special and I don't know if y'all watched it, but his whole set was discussing victims of sexual assault and it made me just so uncomfortable. It was like, yeah, I can see why people might laugh at this, but ah, cringy, cringy, cringy. Um, but I mean, that's what he's known for. He's known for, for seeing the line in the darkness and a uh, track running a 300 meter right across it. So <laughs> last night on Saturday Night Live, I actually found his rhetoric funny. Have y'all had time to just catch up, see the clips, watch it? No, as soon as you said something about it, I went on YouTube and I was like, let me find these videos so I can watch mm -hmm. it later. People are probably going to drag me and that's okay because I'm uh -oh. uh -oh. I typically don't watch Dave Chappelle. No, I don't have anything bad to say. I just don't typically tune into it. So people are like, oh, you remember that show where Dave Chappelle is on Netflix or whatever? And I was like, like I just <laughs> typically, you know, I typically don't watch that type of comedy, but uh, mm -hmm. it all circles. I have a reason for it. Usually I don't watch stuff like that because it makes me really anxious. Like, I don't know what you're going to say. And I just mm -hmm. sit in embarrassment and it just, that's just not entertaining to me. Yep. I'm going to probably watch some cartoons where, where I know what's going to happen. I'm going to watch Sister Sister. I haven't even watched Girlfriends. I haven't even started watching Girlfriends again because I'm like, I know this is going to be cringy and it's going to make me nervous. So that's probably one of the reasons why I typically don't watch Dave Chappelle because I just don't know what's coming next. And it, <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. So yeah. I haven't seen it, but because you brought it up, I definitely will watch it and see what he's talking about. Well, there's two particular quotes that I just wanted us to uh, bring up on the show. And one of them was, remember life before COVID? I do, mass shooting every week. Thank God for COVID. Something had to lock these murderous whites up and keep them in the house. Okay. And let hey, me tell you drag something. <laughs> a drag. Wow. He's not wrong, though. He's not wrong. He's it's, not wrong. It's heavily factual. And I was <laughs> right. just thinking that the other day. I was like, right. we hadn't had any shootings. And, you know, well, we have, but not those type. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a fact. And I think the funniest part of it all is uh, a white audience laughed at it. So it's like, you can, he can say stuff like that and white people just go on laughing. And I was like, he is mm -hmm. loving dragging y'all, but all right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Second thing he said, 
I don't know why poor whites don't like wearing masks. You wear a mask at the Klan rally, wear it to Walmart too. Sis. What's the problem? A dress. And these are facts. Those are the facts. You know what I'm saying? You're wearing it the other time. You should be comfortable in one. We're not saying all white people are part of the Klan. I know some people, you know, they don't have a connection to it, but you know, I think I I think it's gonna be okay. Just wear your mask. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a lot of benefits in wearing your mask. You know, you can look at people and you can make faces at them. And they don't even see you. They don't it's even a lot know of, it. It's a, it's a, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm gonna be mad when we have to put the mask up, honestly, because it, it has saved me from a lot of uncomfortable situations. Wear your mask, Karen. It's okay. <laughs> I'm dead, yeah. but I, I wanted to bring it up just because I know how controversial Dave Chappelle yeah. is to a lot of people, and and it's okay for us to love and laugh. Uh, and celebrate with people that we also disagree with. Like, again, Dave Chappelle, to me, has some very cringy moments in his comedies, and I have called him out on my platforms, especially after that special where he just kept going in about the sexual assault victims. made me very, very uncomfortable. Um, But also, last night, wow, he killed it. And at the same time, I love that he can unapologetically say the things that he says from his vantage point, whether I agree with them or not. And so... You know, what are y'all's thoughts about just supporting Black people, even if we don't agree with them? I think it's also especially important given this election season has brought up so many different perspectives on the Black experience, Blacks in politics, what you should and should not be allowed to say. So kind of where do y'all stand on that topic? And, and after that, we're going to wrap on these cookout conversations. And I don't know if I understand the question. I do. Okay, um, go ahead, Ty. Because I'm like, I don't know if I understand the question. Okay. So, okay. so if, I, if I hear you correctly, you're asking, so what is it, well, like I said, trigger, what is it to support someone, even if you don't necessarily agree and believe in all the things you do? We've had this conversation. Um, we went to school with someone. We don't agree with anything that they do, but they've been put onto things in a major way. So, how, as you know, we don't want to tear other Black women down. We don't want to drag Black women down, that you just support them. So, and so I, I, I get it. I think it happens to a certain, I, I mean, I, I think I can do it as long as certain lines aren't crossed, right? Because when you start to do certain things, I'm going to start to believe that what, you pre- what you're presenting is not exactly what you stand for. Um, with Dave Chappelle, similar to Zayna, I do not watch him just because, again, cringy. I, I'm wondering what your punchline is going to be. Is it going to be something that makes me feel really uncomfortable or is it going to make me laugh? I'd rather just hear about it. I actually haven't watched any of his specials. Uh, my husband has. I just hear about it secondhand from him. Uh, this I will watch. This sounds like it might have been interesting. But to, at, at this level, I think this is something, you know, I could support, I, I think. From, it, it, it's a big thing for me. As long as lines and boundaries art cross yeah that's that's what it is well me. well what is your line like what what is a line that would be crossed for you where it no longer is possible um so in the situation we're referencing uh well not with Dave Chappelle but with the person that we actually know um a line cross for me um is the the ploy of the the the, the victimization so the to to play victim and not actually be living that life um, and so to want the comfort and concern of others, um, I don't, I don't want to say wrongfully, but it's not warranted. It's not necessary. It's, it's a ploy for attention. Mm-hmm. And, and because these are things that I'm super passionate about, uh, yeah, that's the line for me. Okay. 
right. What about you? Are you, are you, are you able to support people that you do not agree with? Be that religion, politics, moral code, whatever. Um, I would first have to evaluate what support looks like. I think in the last few years, I have learned that support looks different for everybody and can be given in, in a bunch of different ways. So that's one thing. Um, but at the basis, um, I believe so. Yes. I'm like tied. There's certain things that I'm kind of like, not necessarily, I guess you can call them lines, but it's more of, okay, I see who you are. I see who you are. I believe you. And so now that I believe you, how do I navigate with that? How do I, how do I balance that? Um, and I think the best example that I can think of right now is that how so many people have supported the occupant and I'm just like okay but you don't want to you don't see all these uh, none of these things are lines <laughs> for you there it's like it's like 10 15 12 there's a bunch of different things and none of these are lines for you okay I see who you are because I'm an intellectual right it took me a long time to be able to be confident in saying it about myself but I'm an intellectual and I have the intellectual capacity to realize that if you support him and he does X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, and you still don't see a problem with it, that communicates a certain message to me. <clears throat> so when I think about supporting people that I may not believe, I, mean, I may not agree with everything they say, that's, that's part of life. We do that with our parents. We do that with our, our siblings, with our friends, all of those different things. I think the foundation mm -hmm. probably needs to be a certain, uh, needs to be a certain, you know, foundationally, you know that they're coming from a good place, but as it relates to other things, maybe you don't agree with that specific thing or the maybe the way that they plan to go about it or whatever have you. But I think that I have the capacity to support people that I don't fully agree with. I think we, I definitely did that with Joe Biden. Like, I know we're trying to get out the election, but this is our life. Like, this election is, like, super heavy, and it's, it has just infiltrated all of our conversations. Like, I don't think that Joe Biden is going to be the end-all, be-all. I think that we finally have leadership with him and Kamala who we can hold accountable. And so when you think about accountability, we can move forward with that. So I probably will tune into the Dave Chappelle SNL <clears throat> show, skit, things. I'll take your word for it. Now, if I get a little anxious, I'm going to bill you. <laughs> okay. Keep our Hello. All right. Um, and I, I think that's a good place. I think that's a good place to end. Um, definitely want to say that just because there was an overwhelming support of the Biden-Harris administration, it does not mean that they are without fault or, or without critique and that there's no room for discussions of their past and what they will support moving forward. And so that is up to us as a community, as a political body come you know, January when that inauguration happens to not only fill the Senate, fill the House, also lobby, also local policy, also what is being brought to the floor, educate and arm ourselves. What don't we agree with? Then we need to call our local Congress people. We need to say, no, we don't support this. This is not in line with the interests for me or my community or my people. And so we also have to take more ownership of our political journey and our political freedoms um, as we hold this new administration accountable moving forward. And so I think that is a good place, a good place to transition. Zaina, Give us the hot tops. What's going on, girl, and non-GMO? Okay, give us the real, sis. Give us the real. Well, of course, some more election things because this is our life. This is America, okay? <laughs> this is where we are. 
and all we are talking about is this election and all the different pieces. I will say that this election brought about a lot of different topics and a lot of different things that I feel like were interesting things to discuss. So I'm all about it as far as like being able to have really good conversations. So first things first, um, Kamala and I'm sorry, please excuse me. VP elect Kamala oh, Harris. Oh, get it right. And President elect Joe Biden. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I, I say that purposefully because I think that with Kamala being a um uh, an Asian woman, with Kamala being a black woman, it's really easy for us to not add the titles on there. And I think that we need to be very intentional about, especially with black women, with women of color, giving them their titles because yes, that's what yes. they earn. So yes, they that, earn that, those are their titles and we're going to do that. Um, baby, the internet went wild. They was putting uh, Joe Biden, he ran out a little bit. He did a little cute little jog, which I'm a little jealous about because I don't think I could jog right now. I haven't oh. hit no <laughs> I had no type of gym in a little while. I might be a little winded, but he seemed like he had it together. And they had him running out to, they know, they know, they know. I, I, am. I was I like, the internet did go crazy with that one. Because the run, it hit. The run was hitting with it. It, it, did. it was like the reactions for me. I was like, okay, this is really funny. And I followed this, uh, I followed this one lady. She was like, what I really love about this little blue app, which is the Twitter. What I really love about this little blue app is that people ask for outrageous things all the time, but they are continually accommodated. And they are. Like, truly. And some person is like, can you get Joe Biden, like, running out today now? It's like, yeah, like, sure, comment. Like, why do you need this? Truly. It was just so, it was just so funny to me. And all the little memes and, like, all the little videos and stuff were hilarious. Um, I saw lots of videos with Kamala dancing. Uh, to knuck if you bug, set it off by Straff. Like those uh-huh. are two of the biggest songs that MPAC uh, uh, Divine Nine Greeks strolled to. I thought that everybody strolled to Straff. Like that's our song in Tennessee, but that's not a song for everybody. So depending on the region, you have a different song. But I think knuck if you bug is like very universal. I think that's the one one hundred percent super universal uh-huh. they gonna uh-huh. listen crime mob will be eating for a long time off that song okay y'all are showing y'all greek privilege some of us have Ooh. these conversations but... you know i apologize Ooh. i apologize Ooh. for taking up so much space <laughs> you heard a song by america <laughs> i really hate her i'm gonna say that song when we get up i'm done with you Yes, that I mean that brought me so much joy to be able to see all of the different um images of Kamala specifically. This one of my favorite ones was like it was like a shadow of a little girl with ponytails and it had um Kamala walking and she was also uh walking with the little girl pretty much and it's like kind of like showing that you can be anything you want to be like literally you can be the the most powerful woman in this country as far as leadership and title like you can do it and it just made my heart so warm to know that these things are possible so the internet was like the internet was having a field day baby if i couldn't i don't even have enough time to explain all the stuff that i saw but just know that the blacks are at it again okay 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 they're at it again um secondly Trump had the full pandemic experience. And I will repeat, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not going to delight in people's demise, okay? Because mm-hmm. that's not really, that's not the type of life that I would like to live. Also, the man got the COVID, okay? He is now about to be kicked out of his house, right? Mm-hmm. And he lost his job, right? You had the full pandemic experience. Yes, you did. Yes, okay? you did. And... I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but since you've already experienced it, right, let's, let's talk about it. I, I think that, you know, 2020 has given him, um, his just due and I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm happy, but I think it's a really great learning experience. I think think (laughs) it'll be great for him to be able to get some perspective (laughs) on how everyday Americans live their life, not knowing if they're going to have a job, you know? So of course, he said he's going to leave the country if he didn't win presidency. I'm just kind of trying to see when the wheels are going up. Ma'am, where you, okay, but no. where do you think he'd go? Who uh, would have him? I think he'd go to Nigeria. Oh, you have. have I wasn't going to say it. I wasn't going to do it. Tried me and my Fight people me. on today. Fight me. You Fight have me. tried me and my people on today. Fight me. But is she wrong, though? Ty, thank you. Here's the question. Am I wrong? Is she she wrong, though? Because he could could get a nice little place in Lagos, you know? And... Sis. The thing about... They had a whole... he had a whole parade, and and I, I what word on the street is that he paid for the parade, but that don't matter because they still had a parade, so the imagery is already there. Present. I heard Christmas in Legos is lit. Maybe lit, know, girl. Christmas and New Year's. I'm trying to be out here shaking these hips. Legos is lit. I'm, I'm talking about this. We need to plan a girls' trip. Okay, we need to go. We need to go. It's lit. I'm but Y'all also don't all get hip. I think like, so he'll be there. So I think he would go to Nigeria. I or he would go to South America. And I say he, South America. He could have fun in Venezuela. He would he didn't give them people so much drama. He probably think they're cool now. Mm. Maybe Cuba? Cuba? Could. I, I mean, and I'm just thinking that. I'm just Maybe. saying what he said. He said that it was gonna be wheels up if he didn't win the presidency. So I'm just trying to. I got my binoculars. I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. I'm done. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. That's it. All right, y'all. That is, honey, that is uh, my go-off. I mean, no, that's not my go-off. That is my conversation for today. Ty, please. But you get, you get ready to go off, though. Emma, you are. Lead us you are. Topic. I feel like, I, I feel like this week has been so much stress, so much tension that we just need to get out one good vent. Like we just, I know it has to be something on your mind that y'all need to rant about for a few seconds in a space where you feel safe and unjudged. Listen, folks out there, this is a space that is safe and unjudged. When we go off, we go off. Don't worry about the credentials. Don't worry about what we going on. What we got going on. When we go off, we go off. Period. So what we going off about? We want to start Sis, off with our I got some things to say. Yes, All right. Yes. Tell us. Tell us. I got. I got to get this off my chest. I'm burning up. I'm getting hot, y'all. I'm yellow, so I'm turning a bit red. So relate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
turned I'm turning a bit red. Not even two hours after uh Vice President elect, okay, shout out to Zaina, uh Kamala and President elect Joe Biden, okay, um, did their speeches. I had someone I follow, let me I had a frat brother. I'm a, I'm a drag. I'm a drag for a second. I had a frat brother who posted on his page and Kamala looks better than Michelle. Actually posted that on purpose, intentionally meant it. I had to go through the comments like, okay, was this a joke? He, he, ha, ha. No. Y'all, he meant it. He meant every word of his post to the point where he said, um, miss me with that light skin, dark skin shit for real i don't give a f if a woman is white black green or f and blue if i say one looks better than the other it's my f and opinion if you don't like it you have several f and options two of them includes unfriending blocking me or scrolling on by sir sir come come on come on in the room and have a seat let's discuss colorism and how it shows up with black men specifically i am disappointed for a multitude of reasons but in the height in the height of her celebrating this moment, you decided to reduce her to her looks, not her credentials, not her, her capacities, nothing about what she's done or what she will do, but you decided to throw out what she looked like and then had the nerve. Okay, the audacity, because you know, it's two things black men and white people have, the audacity to compare her to the Michelle Obama as if both of those beautiful black women can exist in their own right and in their own lane. You got the right one today, and I have the time, okay? Because this is the first week into this new block, sis. So my, my studying is a little light. So you got the right one today. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up in your comments and get you all the way the fuck together. That's why she's okay? been dragging all week, Zayna. She had time. She's been dragging all week. Baby, when she said that she just got into a new block, I hollered. Period. Period. I'm not fooling around with you folks. What you mean? You could have very I easily disrespected personally. Sis, he could have very I, I easily said he could have said Kamala looks good. He could have left it at that. I still would have dragged him because don't reduce her to her looks, but my dragon would have looked different. But the fact that you needed to compare this light-skinned woman to this dark-skinned woman or, or brown-skinned woman and say that colorism doesn't play a role, that it's just your opinion. Well, people's opinion have kept your people oppressed for generations. So don't miss me with this. It's just your opinion. Your opinion has large implications. You are a father to eight yellow women. Or they're girls now, but will become women. You have eight daughters. So yeah, miss me with this is just my opinion when your opinions are going to influence the way those girls view themselves and the way they walk through spaces for the rest of their lives. No, it's not just your opinion. Your opinion carries weight. All right? But let me tell you about my opinion. You're a dumb mother and I wish I caught you in these streets because you can catch these hands. And that's all period. period. And my car door is unlocked and we ready to, we ready to ready. Hit, bend, bend the corner is what they ready. say in the Tennessee. We ready to bend the corner. <laughs> we ready. Okay. That's all I got to I'm say. I'm sorry, y'all. personally offended. I'm not even finna, we not finna, I'm personally offended. Okay. Whew. Let's, let's. <laughs> um, so for me, my rant is more so about those individuals who have taken the time this week to post that it doesn't matter who wins yes the fuck it does it does it 100 does 
let me tell you why it matters. Yes, the nation is still divided. Let me tell you why it's divided because we now understand that years of xenophobia, homophobia, racism, all that stuff, it, it, it doesn't matter to you. It's not a deal breaker for you. It doesn't matter the face of our country exhibits all of those things. So yes, I feel personally offended now. But also, it matters who wins because you know what, this is, this is a group we can hold accountable. President-elect Joe Biden, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, we know the things that they said and yes, we know the things of their past trust. This is one election where I am, I'm proud of others. I am proud of myself because I took the time to research these candidates, learn what people were saying about them, what was happening against them, what those things actually meant, what, what they were actually intended for, right? So I'm proud, we did the research and now we know how to hold them accountable for the things that they say they will do, right? Over a, a, an individual who, cause that's, that's the nicest that I can get right now. <laughs> uh, an individual that essentially believes that my, all my intersecting rights as, a, as being black, being a woman, identifying as a person who's LGBTQ, all that stuff, it doesn't matter. I don't matter. I shouldn't exist. No, it, it matters. So I, for all of those people, I want y'all to understand y'all privilege. And I'm not going to go on a rant cursing y'all out here right now because I've been saving this cursing out for some people's faces. Because mm. I said what I said is now a way of life for me. Mm. It's just, it's just what it's going to be. Um, it matters. Know your privilege. Know, know what you have. Know what you're able to do and what others cannot. Right? Like, let's not, let's not start with the bullshit. Let's not start with the bullshit. Understand that there are black and brown folks out here who needs to be able to see another day without having to live under the stress and fear and anxiety of this man. We can't do that. But that's just me. I'm out. Over and out. Do. Okay. <laughs> My go off is, is very similar to Ty's and I feel like it kind of, you know, it's, it's flowing together. So after the uh, president and vice president was announced and confirmed. We waited days upon days. I was like, this is a lot. So once it was finally confirmed, I saw a lot of conversation and a lot of people who just had ugly attitudes about people celebrating by um, President Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris winning. They were saying, okay, y'all acting like this is a black man or y'all acting like this is Obama. Y'all are acting like he's about to change the world and that racism is not going to still be a thing. And you act like your life is really going to change and just all these different things and not allowing people the opportunity to exhale, not allowing the opportunity to, um, to be able to feel that freedom. There are so many people who I talked to that day who were, who said, I just, I literally exhaled today in a way that I haven't exhaled in a really long time. The weight that's on my shoulders uh, from all these years feels like it's coming off. And I feel like, like Ty said, I have an opportunity to hold leadership accountable. I feel like I have leadership who will actually listen to me in the interest of the group of people that I belong to and all those intersection identities. And it really pissed me off because I'm just like, 
allow people to be happy. I feel like, and I saw most of that within the black community. I got rid of a lot of my Trump supporters, a lot of my white supremacist folks in 2016. So this year it was smooth sailing. I didn't have not one issue, not one. But a lot of black people that I follow were felt the need to keep raining on people's parades. And I think that as black people, we do that often. We've learned not to get our hopes up. We've learned not to be hopeful especially in politics, especially within leadership, because we've seen over and over and over and over time, the people that we often believe in are the same people who are giving us syphilis and the same people who are, you know, experimenting on us like we're rats, the same people who are putting drugs into our community and then saying, we're going to, we're going to save this, this epidemic. And I'm just like, you brought it here. I don't understand. Like you did the thing. Mm, 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 mm. And I, and I hear that and I know that. And broken by because my family was hit very hard like a lot of different families as it relates to the crack epidemic it mm-hmm, it was really rough um but i think this is a new beginning and i feel really hopeful and i feel um that god has shined his light on us yet again and i think we have an opportunity like ty said to be able to hold this leadership accountable and so this and that's the bare minimum. That's what democracy is supposed to be about, but we haven't had it. So we're going to take a minute to exhale and we're going to take a minute to breathe and be thankful for that and know that the work starts here. This is not the end. And I know a lot of, a lot of people want to exhale and be like, great, I'm done with it. That's just not our experience. That's not what we're looking at, especially if you're a person of color, especially if you are a part of the queer community, especially if you are an immigrant or you have people in your family who are from other countries and you're trying to figure that out, especially if you're on Medicare and you need social security. It's not the end. We just finally have leadership who we can hold accountable. So this is the beginning. Stay aware. Keep researching. Georgia, get your boots and get your coat together. For, for these elections in, in January. And let's get ready to do some work. I'm really excited to get more involved in my community. And I just hope that people are able to leave the negativity behind and be able to be hopeful. And if you can't be hopeful, be quiet, ho. That's it. These are your minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, I'm gonna bring us to a close, okay? all eyes and ears and okay no we're not in church but uh, we were sticking with the church vibe we're sticking with the church vibe um so i want to leave us with three (laughs) i want to leave us with three things three um three quotes uh three well or two quotes and then we're going to go through some affirmations with you all um just so you can go into this new week with a renewed mind heart and spirit and so the first one is from michelle obama it's actually a quote from her book becoming if you haven't read it by now y'all come on you're asleep i need you to wake up and get into it okay so she says there's power in allowing yourself to be known and heard in owning your unique story and using your authentic voice and there's grace and being willing to know and hear others. And I think that's so powerful, especially in a time like this, um, to remind ourselves that there's power in our voices, which were very clearly heard across the nation, flipping these states blue, um, in addition to being willing to hear others moving forward um, and reaching our hands across the table and finding ways to work with each other to progress this nation. I wanna follow that up with the quote, by her husband, Barack Obama, who says, the role of a citizen in a democracy does not end with your vote. 
And so again, this is just reinforcing the while voting is amazing. And I'm so glad at the 74 million people who exercised that right. Um, it's important that we know, like Zaina said, that the work is just beginning. Um, finally, I'm gonna leave us with affirmations for the week. This is actually from Alex uh, L. If you don't follow her on Instagram, go follow her. Her affirmations are amazing. Her handle is Alex underscore L, so E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, just making sure to give her her credit and her flowers, okay? Her affirmations were for letting go, and so I'm going to read through them, and hopefully they're helpful for you all, like they were helpful for me. I am choosing to release holding it together and pretending like everything is okay for the comfort of others. I am choosing to release self-sabotaging behaviors that leave me feeling stuck. I am choosing to release one-sided relationships that encourage settling and self-abandonment. I am choosing to release generational trauma. I am choosing to release the lie that I am too much to be loved and accepted. Mm. I am choosing to release the belief that I deserved the traumatic and painful things that happened to me. I am choosing to release any guilt I have around setting healthy boundaries. I am choosing to release thoughts around not being good enough when I fail. I am emptying my emotional suitcase and releasing what no longer supports or elevates my spirit, emotional growth, and pathway to a fulfilled life. And on that note, Cookout Cousins, we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Have a good day. Love you, mean it. <laughs>